Welcome to Eyes in the Dark. We are a horror movie podcast with a simple motto, and that model, uh, <laughs> I said model, <laughs> I meant to say motto. That motto is death by celluloid. I we, took all the fucking fire we, out of that one. We do have a model in studio today. We do. Yep. Her name is Tiffany. Her name is Scream Queen Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. She's with us. She's with special guest Jamie Lee Curtis right she's here. She's here. She's here. She's just running out to the bathroom. She'll be back in just a oh, moment. Oh, she's back. Say hi, Jamie. Hey. <laughs> Uh, yeah. A lot of probiotics in that voice, Jamie. Oh, okay. Activia, huh? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, welcome to Eyes in the Dark. Horror movie podcast, Death by Celluloid, etc. So, let's go ahead and take care of a little bit of business here. You are joined, of course, by the Unholy Trinity. The original entire Unholy Trinity this time, because... Dr. Jurassic Price is back. Yay! <laughs> What's up, bitches? <laughs> um, that unholy trinity is made up by myself, Chewy. Evan. And, and me, James, back. What's up, bitches? <laughs> <laughs> um, before we kind of get into it, let's talk a little bit about <clears throat> some business here. So if you'd like to go ahead and check out our episodes and keep up with what's going on, you could do so via the website. That's eyesinthedarkpodcast.com. We're also part of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network, so you can visit stuffandthingsnetwork.com where you can check out our shows. You can fill out a little contact form for us. Um, you can check out the other shows. It, it, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty nifty. Um, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can send us an email, and that's going to be at eyesinthedarkpodcast at gmail.com, or as I mentioned on the stuffandthingsnetwork.com website, you can fill out the little contact form and all that stuff. Um, reach out to us via Twitter, and that's going to be at EITDpod. You can go ahead and give us suggestions. You can give us corrections. You can go ahead and point out things that we might have missed that you totally picked up on or, you know, whatever else the Internet wants to say to us. We'll, we'll take it all. The good and the bad. doesn't matter. We'll, we'll, take take it it, we'll take it all in. We'll take it all in. Deep. Super deep. Hmm? <laughs> um, before we get rolling here on the actual movie at hand, which this time was what we said it was going to be last time. Um <laughs> We're going to go ahead and kind of introduce ourselves a little bit. That way you just kind of get to know us um, before we take this wonderful, horrible journey together. Uh, as mentioned before, I am Chewy. You may have heard me on the other shows or this show prior. Um, I got into horror movies primarily through the zombie flick, uh, modern zombie flick, let's say, because, you know, as we talked about last time, um, as well as Asian horror uh, and actually, probably my first intro into the horror genre in in terms of like being like, oh, like scary movies, like that's a thing I want to start watching or whatever, was probably this movie. So that that's this is kind of exciting to be able to talk about it because I'll be honest, I haven't seen it in like years and years and years. You know, it's one of those movies that I just kind of remembered and it was like, oh, I always reference it or whatever. But um, that's kind of how I got into horror movies. So if you'd like to reach out to me individually, you could do so via Twitter. That's at Chupacabra, C-H-E-W-P-A-C-A-B-R-A. Yeah, this is Evan with the, the voice that you're hearing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You have one. That's true. Um, I got into horror uh, at a young age just watching garbage. To, for a child to be watching is what I mean. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, just kind of embedded itself in my mind grapes early on. And yeah, I got hooked ever since. Uh, my Twitter is at Evan the Braun, E-V-A-N-T-H-E-B-R-A-U-N. And that had like this like rhythm to it. Like yeah, it was random. Fire. It was a random. I liked it. It's like I rhythm and fire. It was like rhythm and pro- poetry, mm-hmm. also known as rap. Yeah, yeah. I just found out that's what that said. Is that really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Rap, rhythm and poetry. Did you know that, Chewy? Isn't that I rad? did not know that. Yeah. That's rad. Mind grapes, right there. Yeah. That's, and that makes that's kind of awesome. That yep. makes like that that makes the genre I think make a lot more sense for a lot of people because they're like mm. they're not singing. It's mm. like, well, mm. it's poetry. It's poetry, poetry with bitches. Some, with Makes me re- respect it a little bit more. Because <laughs> <laughs> you never respected rap before. No. Nobody does. <laughs> Nobody takes it serious. Kind of like horror movies. James? Hey, actually, you know. What if a horror movie used a rap soundtrack? I'm sure there has been. Wasn't I guess that Feast. Feast? Yeah, that kind of had a Wasn't rap that, soundtrack. Wasn't that, what was it, uh, H2O that like had Ice oh, Cube in Bu- it? Busta oh, Rhymes. You're oh, right. Busta? Yeah. yeah. Was it? Was LL Cool J in a Halloween movie also? Uh, that's H2O. H2O is LL Cool J, and then Halloween I think, oh, no. Resurrection is Busta Rhymes. Oh, okay. All yeah. Right. Bo- both feature. Yeah, yeah. Halloween has a lot of uh, what about rapists. In Tales it. from the Hood. Remember that movie? <laughs> what about the Leprechaun? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Leprechaun he's, he's, he's a rapist. Yeah. Yeah, and also he was, you know, up in the trees. That one has Ice Cube in it? No, Ice T. Y'all see Ice Leprechaun? Ice <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I want to know where the gold's at. I want to know where the gold's at. Yeah. I'm a descendant of an Irishman. This here is a magical flute that I could use to summon him. <laughs> oh, that, God. That right there is a crack pipe. I'm going to like, I'm going to go and watch so many YouTube videos now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, tell us, how did you... Uh, I got into horror, yes. It's kind of a sad story, but when I was in high school, uh, when I was a senior, there were like uh, a a series of stabbings in the female bathroom uh, by a man calling himself Father Death. And uh, he was caught eventually, uh, but we did did lose three women uh, my senior year, and I kind of got fascinated with it. And then... um, you know, I try to find out if it's a copycat killer or not. <laughs> All right. That's just part of this. That the is, plot of this is. movie. Yeah. That is. I like how you pulled up the father death. That was, oh, that was a there. deep. Thanks. That was a nice and that's, deep little. That's what he's right called there. on the on the the costume. Yeah, bag. Yep. costume. Yep. Everybody calls him Ghostface because of uh, Rose McGowan calling him Ghostface. <laughs> Everyone later, calls him Ghostface because the rapper Ghostface was the Ghostface killer. Ghostface. <laughs> Rhythm and poetry, dogs. <laughs> yeah, it's full circle. Ooh. <laughs> um, Dr. Jurassic could we, Price. Could we call it a vicious circle? <laughs> Dr. Jurassic Price, we call you so because you are a wealth of knowledge. Most of our listeners probably uh, realized how valuable you are. Last um, la- last episode where you were not here because you were actually in the Europe's. Yes. You were, I, you were in right. the Europe's and stuff. So, I but was, you're back. I European. was in Europe. I was directing uh, Hostel 11. Oh, uh, even south, more hostile. Yes, southeastern Europe. Yeah, it's okay. called um, mm-hmm. hostility. <laughs> hostile eleven. Hostile takeover. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's where a, a, a like a trendy company tries to like buy into the whole hostile thing, and like they want. It's like Airbnb's. Like, okay, yeah. let's go ahead mm-hmm. and take over. That actually be terrifying. But if somebody yeah, made a movie twist, about an Airbnb. The twist is the host is it. yeah. Uh, um, the host is Pete from Creep. Yeah, yeah. It's I've always, always I've always had that creep. fear whenever I do an Airbnb that they have cameras set up in the room and they're watching. Oh, the I whole gotta time. S- 
I'll tell you an offline story about one of my experiences in Europe at an Airbnb then. You okay. should tell yeah. us on, on my, could you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, anyway, definitely. anyway. Um, so <laughs> because you're a wealth of knowledge and you always say it the best way, tell us, James, why do we do this show? What is the purpose of this show? We are trying to bridge the gap between uh, the critically acclaimed movies of Hollywood or elsewhere um, and uh, uh, the genre of horror movies. There seems to be a, a widespread gap between uh, the critically acclaimed and, and the horror genre. And we're trying to uh, explore whether or not we can close that gap or if there's rightfully so, uh, um, you know, a distance between those those movies that are highly acclaimed and, and the horror genre. Sweet. See, they, I didn't even try to say it last time because I would have. I can't even say it's our motto. We, it's because we suck. Dude, this is the 23rd episode and I fucked up again saying the motto. Well, well. I, yeah. Can you start saying the motto next time? Can sure. a, can a fan right. please put together a uh, uh, mixtape of all times <laughs> Chewy has messed up the motto? <laughs> we, That'd be great. Let's be serious, guys. We have no fans. Uh, we <laughs> actually do have I'm a fan. The one fan we have is Robert De Niro from The Fan. Oh, the kid who texted you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Johnny Boy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, do, he thought he was do you have me. the Do you have the, the message there? Uh, or can yeah, you pull yeah. it up yeah, or I'll, something? I have it. And we can, we can read it at some point there. Yeah. So, oh, here we go. I got it right here. Yeah. Um, we do have a fan. Uh, <gasps> he, go, he is a man named Austin. Okay. A uh, listener of the Stuff and Things Network in general. Oh. Um, so, a big shout out to him. He... Um, just got into Eyes in the Dark and uh, was listening to It Follows and said it was awesome. And we changed his movie experience. And uh, you know what? Thanks uh, thanks for reaching out and, and hit me on the uh, the text messages here, Austin. <laughs> and I still owe you, if you do have 30 friends that listen to the podcast, uh, have them write in. And we'll count up to 30. And if you get 30, we'll send Stone Cold Steve Austin over to your house to uh, have some beers <laughs> with you. Yeah. He is the rattlesnake. That is a promise. Oh. I have a direct line to uh, the rattlesnake. Yeah, dude. Um, also, we got some some feedback actually um, from one of our listeners, David. He mentioned uh, that he listened to the uh, Night of the Living Dead episode, and he just wanted to throw out a correction and said we we're talking about you know zombie movies and stuff like that. And he just said I, I want to throw out a name out there that you guys missed, and that was White Zombie. Like oh okay so oh 1931 I think it was the yeah. origin of the word zombie right there, there you go yeah so oh, okay yeah so but was we, it a zombie in the same sense it's a witch doctor movie it's uh, I mean a little bit different but you know um because oh, we were talking about how this was like the first like horror like the zombie movie and stuff like that so uh so yeah this this define or uh, Night of the Living Dead defined the rules or kind of like laid some groundwork to yeah what, what a zombie but I, don't, is, I still right? don't think even in White Zombie it was the same kind of a monster as in this movie. I think it was like he's saying a witch doctor. A witch doctor who like f- makes people believe that he's raising the dead when he's actually not. Uh, in in any oh, so still was r- dead r- risen. The, he well, he made people think that, but it, he was really just giving them like, I mean, sleeping like, pills. But that's what. Uh, if yeah. you think yeah. about it too, the cabinet was kind of Zom- zombie zombie ish. Yeah. yeah. Either it's way, the I I, I, I was was zombie. <laughs> what was it called? Zombie or cannibal holocaust? Whatever that movie wasn't that. About zombies or, I think or the that movie was the seventies, so the yeah, that was zombie. a little bit after. Okay. But I uh, either right, either way, time. I threw out out there what? to um, uh, yeah. If James would have been there, it, it, we we probably would have caught that. I'm like, that's 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 sorry. It's it's fine. <laughs> we suck. What, what we say on the what we say on the show is 
we you know it might not be the first but it was the best version of of you know of things because firsts in hollywood are usually done by 15 people at the same time and 14 of them will be really crappy. I I actually also had uh, another thing here too that uh, one of our listeners, uh, Ian, not the Ian that's part of this network, but a different Ian actually uh, reached out and asked me uh, if we were going to review Crimson Peak. And I said, you know, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm actually going to see it. And I saw and I saw it. You know, so I'd, I'd be down. We'll talk about that later. But uh, he is just... that with uh, Denzel Washington and Gene Hackman on a submarine, right? <laughs> Crimson Tide. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty horrific movie. I guess. Directed by Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then he threw out. He's like, he's like, oh, cool. My wife and I love horror movie podcasts and we listen to you guys pretty regularly. So thanks. Right. Thanks for listening. We have fans. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Finally. Finally. We're a real boy. Um, all right. Cool. So let's get to the nitty gritty, gentlemen. The, the nitty gritty. Let's get to the nitty gritty. The nitty gritty. <laughs> the nitty gritty. Um, <laughs> we talked about a particular, or we watched a movie, and that movie was ah! the birds. That was just a crow. Uh, no, you sounded like the. There's a crow it was. <laughs> it was not. It, it was wasn't not the movie The Crow, but it was. It was not The Birds. We did not watch The Birds. We watched uh, the movie Scream. Yes. So, yay, finally we that's did Scream, uh, Wes Craven's masterpiece. Uh, you, you, you think that's his masterpiece? I think this is Wes Craven's best film. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, if right. you think otherwise, write to us. Yeah. yeah. Tell us why. But the yeah. Bold claims. The, the podcast. Tell I, us pourquoi. I, I want to say automatic, like right off the bat that it... I don't agree with you, but I kind of, I kind of do. All right, I don't know. Let's see if we can. Sway I mean, the only, other, mind. I can, the only I other thing see, I can see that I can see why you would say that. I, the only other thing I can think of w- would be bigger would be Night of, Night, Nightmare on Elm Street, just because of what it kind of holds culturally. As far as, yeah, like it established an icon. Yeah, and gotcha. like and like horror history. I would did you also catch argue that this, was this a, movie did also establish a horror icon? Yeah. Mm. Ghostface um, Ghost or Father Death, as we have established. <laughs> Did you guys look into that at all? What? Hmm. Into hmm. That, the costume? No. I have some stuff about that when we talk about that. Oh, good. Good. I'm glad. There was, I don't know much about it. I don't so. remember if I it's read like some, a, It's melted. I did or remember right? something uh, about um, they were trying a bunch of different masks because um, the pro- somebody who was like financing the movie, or I don't know if it was the producers or uh, like the Weinsteins or whatever, um, didn't like it because they thought it looked stupid, but then they ended up just using it because it was cool. <laughs> so, well, J- iconic. James, give us Stuck a little, a l- little uh, production Wait, detail did, here. Uh, going back to Evan's point on yeah. uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, did you like the um, the uh, crap that um, Wes Craven put in this movie about ah, how so uh, much. Drew Barrymore is like? Oh yeah, I like the first one, but all the sequels suck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's because Wes didn't do the sequels. Yeah, right? yeah he didn't. Exactly. Do, he didn't the come back to New did, Nightmare. Yeah, New Nightmare yeah. was the last. The next one he did, which um, was probably after. And I, I like the, the Halloween reference too. Oh yeah, yeah. there's <sighs> so many references. Yeah, that's what. That's one of my favorite things about this movie. Um, there's there's a page on IMDb that now or the feature now that says references, and it references every other mo- movie that that movie yeah. mentions. I didn't look at it for I, this, I, but I, I wrote bet down it's as many as I pages. could. There was I another. As many as there's I another could. one yeah. later. I think when Rose McGowan Tatum, yeah. she says uh, she refers to 
I, I think I guess I'm guessing she's referring to Wes Craven, but she calls yeah, him Wes, Wes Carpenter. Carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, yeah. it's you know yeah. the combination of them is Lo- great. Love it. Yep. Um, James, but, give us some production details on on this movie. We know Wes did it. I mean, cast is. Yep. You know, you have Nev. Um. By the way, Rose McGowan looking her best in this movie. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I would argue no. Planet Terror. I, I would she's pretty good looking. She's pretty good too. looking there. Uh, I like. I prefer her with dark hair. Okay, she's a, she's got a little bit of a horror horror like, uh, scream queen in her. I like Jawbreaker. Oh, Jawbreaker. Jawbreaker. Yeah, Jawbreaker. Sure, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. But I got to see Nev Campbell and Rose McGowan at the same time. I don't think Nev Campbell's cute. Oh, I, I think she's Nev. Sorry, yeah. Guys. That'll come. Yeah, that'll come up later. I think. I think Nev, kind of Nev is in this movie especially. She's really like like wholesome looking and then like she did like wild things and stuff and it's oh, like yeah. she's super like wholesome in this one so it's like you know the contrast to tatum and i think that's yeah the purpose of oh yeah uh, of um you know getting the opposite of what you see in conventional horror movies right which yeah. is a big like exactly what what sydney says yeah. right a big boobed blonde airhead who runs upstairs yeah, running she runs out the door. Nev, and then they, Nev and is the, the central character, and she's and when Tatum dies, her nipples are ablazing. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then also the terror, Which, the terror just made him rock hard. Uh, she had those to cut are fear, through the fear. Those are fear nipples. Fear yep. nipples. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Men can get fear boners. Women can get fear nipples. There, there you go. Um, but yeah, and then after she says that line about like oh running up the stairs and they should be running out the door, the best thing is the first thing that that they do is they eliminate the option of running out the front door. And she so run, they, and what she do they run force upstairs. her to run upstairs, <laughs> you know. And that, I thought that was cool because it wasn't just like oh she just decided to run upstairs. They made it like impossible for her to run out the door. There's yeah there's and there's a lot of things that they do in this movie where they kind of tell you how horror movies normally go the formula like randy references right there's a very simple formula they tell you the formula jamie kennedy and then they give you situations in which they follow the formula yeah so oh, it's, yeah. it's kind of like hey this is the formula and this is how like this is how it looks when it's applied you had jamie kennedy you had matthew lillard you I had love matthew lillard some other movie. what was the other dude's name he had some Skeet O'Reilly. Skeet yeah. Oh, yeah. Skeet, you mean no, Ulrich. Ulrich. Skeet Ulrich. Yeah, sorry. yeah. Johnny Skeet Depp's Ulrich. Uh, doppelganger. Yeah. yeah. Billy. <laughs> it was. Hey, shout out to Matthew Lillard, by the way. He uh, had the same theater teach- teacher as me in high school. Really? Yeah. We went to the same high school and we had the same theater teacher. Mm. Obviously, oh. he made a little more of it than I did. <laughs> he's like my favorite character in this in this movie because he's, he's such a wacko. Yep. Uh, I love him. He, I equal parts love him and hate him because he is so fucking 90s in yep. this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, he, I mean, the other people are, like, pretty 90s, but he is, like, <laughs> the 90s as a person. Like, uh, I don't I don't know. that Movies set in the 90s, or movies made in the 90s that are set around teens, I always found really interesting because it showed, like, a side of the 90s, a side of America that everyone was familiar with because of media but I never saw in real life. And I no one I talked to was like, oh yeah, that was totally what it was like. Like the high schools, like the quads or whatever, were always like like a town circle or whatever. It was never like an actual high school or anything like that. Like, well, I think too, that's, that's how, well, a lot of schools like back east and stuff like that are like that. Are like that? That, that, yeah. that looked like my high school. Really? The quad was kind of like that where they're sitting around eating lunch. Yeah, yeah. Mine was kind of like that. See, our, ours... Our, if you think about it, because a lot of those high schools are indoors like that because yeah. of snow. 
where a lot of our schools here, most of our schools here are outdoors and they're all open. So yeah. So ours is kind of like out and then everything is built inward and you have a little bit out front, but like the other ones seem like it's like, Oh, you have the building and then you have like this whole giant property surrounding it that is still part of the school or something. Yeah. Unless they lawn of the school kind of, they did. Yeah. Yeah, They, they had a pretty nice lawn in this. They, I I thought the movie holds up pretty well though. Time, time wise, even like cell phone stuff, like cloning the cell phone and all that stuff. I was like, yeah, that I mean, you could do that today. I read, I read that, uh, uh, caller ID like tripled uh, right after this movie came out. Oh, because yeah. people were freaked out. It, look at that impact, right? Oh yeah, yeah. an actual uh, cultural like, impact. It's like the Bluetooth law from like 2008, and then everybody had to buy Bluetooths, and like that was like a huge business all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. Maybe caller ID. Oh, Thanks, Scream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two things this movie Our business did. Business rose 22. <laughs> percent it, it it sold caller ID and it sold masks. Yeah. That's what that's what this and, movie did. And voice changers. I remember voice that changers. when oh, I was a yeah. kid. That was like the I oh, oh I so wanted, wanted a, voice a voice changer, changer. and a talkback from Home Alone. Yeah, that, like I just Credit wanted things card, to manipulate. Yep, you got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you the scream guy could have been using father, one of those. The father. If they don't reveal that at the end, the little box. Yeah, he easily could have been using a talkback. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Had you? Isn't it funny how the whole time in the movie, his, the voice is so like sultry and like yeah. good mm-hmm. but then like when they're doing it at the end yeah. like talking into it physically like on camera it doesn't sound anything like the voice yeah <laughs> and i think that's because they're kind of yelling versus like well yeah you have you have that and it's like live in person it's not going through the phone yeah. and so it has it doesn't have that phone sound to well, it it's also because they had a voice actor do the phone parts well yeah yeah no i i'm just talking about like lo- <laughs> logically so it wasn't really that yeah i was just saying if you're looking at it logically in the lens of in the film and you have the other part of it too where when you're on the phone you can do a phone voice into yeah. it where like you said when you're yelling and you're stabbing each yeah. other and being fucking crazy. It's, it's called, <laughs> guess where I want to die? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is when he throws a, you hit me in the f- with the phone, you dick. Yeah. You phone, you oh, dick. man. Matthew Lillard, easily his best movie. My mom and dad movie. are oh. going to be yeah. so yeah. pissed. <laughs> My mom and dad are going to be so mad at me. Yeah. Oh, God. When it, he like, says, I'll talk to her, and he like, gets all on the phone, yeah. like nonchalant. He's all, Hello. <laughs> did you really call? I, lo- the I love really call Matthew the Lillard or Stu in the movie store when he like Randy's flipping out yeah. and he just looks around and he gives him like the the token reefer like uh, yeah. uh like oh he's just like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, all right, so let's talk about the movie. Hey man, live her alone. Live her alone. <laughs> Can you really play her in the mailbox? <laughs> yeah. So, so what is it? Is that from something or was he just making a voice? I'm I'm sure it's from something because almost everything Randy says is from a movie. Yeah, I just don't know what it's from. Let, let's talk about the opening scene here. That's oh. uh oh yeah. By oh. the way, production details. Oh yeah. Um, like written by Kevin Williamson, some... really put him on the map, and he he is now just a famous writer for writing this movie. Right? Ninety six. Yeah, made in ninety five. Came out in ninety six. Yeah. Something like that. And then um, it take it. There's a little question of like kind of where it takes place, but I can tell you that it was filmed in Santa Rosa, which is about yeah. an hour north of San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's kind of West Coast because they have the outdoor school. But then there's a couple times where you see Dunkin' Donuts, and I was like, that's that was on the West Coast till recently. Yeah, no, so. I think it it was back then. Oh, was because I remember growing up when I lived in I lived in Huntington Beach, and we had the Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, so they just kind of disappeared. And, I think they weren't as big as the uh, East Coast, but there were some here. Yeah, the police department is fond of Dunkin' Donuts in this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'd, being filmed up there does kind of make sense because it's it looks like where, the, where their houses are and stuff. It looks almost like wine country ish. Yeah. yeah, Sydney's house is like banging. 
Yeah, it's, it's like, like Stu's it, house. Stu's house is kind of cool. Everybody, oh, yeah. Stu's house everybody is there is like so fucking affluent. And that's the other thing yep. about like '90s teens movies is like everybody was nobody had any money trouble at all. Like, no. no one grew up poor. No. And it's like even the poor people in those movies, like whenever you see them, it's like they're living like in a house like I'm living right now, which. I mean, isn't the biggest house or the nicest house or anything like that? Well, but you're on it, the 55th floor. You have the penthouse. <laughs> Sydney had a computer that can call 911. She did. They that was strange. Yeah, that was weird. But, uh, I think that comes back later in the sequel. She's like a phone operator via her computer, right? Like in two oh, or three or something. Know. She's like very <laughs> computer literate, apparently. Well, in, and that's the, the whole. That's part of like the character too. She's yeah, like you know nerd. into computers, even though she's like yeah, you she's know, smart, yeah. uh, in, in like she's not you know. Big boob. And by the way, I thought we we're gonna see boobs in this movie. No boobs, no titty count. Nope. And they even make a point oh, yeah, later, like obligatory titty shot. And then like yeah. you see Nev taking off her bra. And but I'm then, like, all right. But dirty skeet gets right in front of her. Yeah. Oh, fucking skeet. I don't think Nev Nev skeet, Campbell skeet, skeet. gets topless till like she's like forty or something like that. No, she's not even topless. She's not. Thing. No, I she I was. So. No, Denise Richards. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. But not Nev. Hmm. She, she nice. She yeah. she like Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't show her tits till yeah. she gets legit. Wow. When did Jamie yeah. Lee Le- Curtis show him? Trading places. Trading places. Yeah, that's right. I was gonna say, yeah. but that was before. I think she was wasn't that before she was super big. Uh, she was pretty popular because of all the horror movies she was yeah. in. Oh yeah, duh. I forgot about Halloween. And <laughs> she was in. Uh, I was thinking more like uh, prom night, prom or night, fright night, prom night, prom night. Yeah, because yeah. they talked about that as well. Mm-hmm. Um. So that opening scene with Drew Barrymore and like the phone we, call. We could do a whole podcast just on the opening scene. Probably oh, one of my favorite. Let's parts fucking of the movie. do it, dude. It, it's okay. So I'll say this: we have the title. I like talking about the title card. The title card comes up. Best it, title card ever. Ah, uh, it, it kind of sucked. It was like <laughs> no, it's so good. Nineties. You know, and, and then, then that's it. Like Boom, hackers. gone. That's it. Yeah, like hackers. That's <laughs> what it was. Yeah. Um, and then there was a computer in the movie. Oh, weird. <sighs> Um, with like just like the the phone rings, yeah. like the yeah, the sound bridge, right? Phone ring, yeah. and then scream, and then let's go into the movie. Yeah, there's no cold open, you know. There's no scene and then credits. Yep. There's no actors' names flying up while they're doing some establishing shot. Yeah. It's just boom, no cold open. Let's go. It goes right into it, and it's. Like, not even like, oh, okay, you see her and she's doing stuff for a few minutes. And then that, it's like, you see her doing stuff and she gets the call. It's like, like you said, boom, right fucking it's, into it. It leads but with the call, yeah. One of my favorite parts of this opening scene, too, is that probably one of the biggest names in the movie. Yeah. Oh, no, it is. This is a thing. Yeah. It's the biggest name at the time. Yeah. Because Nev Campbell was not a thing. Yeah. Not really. I mean, she was in things, but she wasn't Courtney huge. Courtney Cox yeah. wasn't a thing. Yeah, she was well, like kind of like the friends. But, yeah. But, but Drew Barrymore was, was big. Yeah. And she's like the headliner. I think they they give her first billing. She's well, the, on. She's like on yeah. the cover as like yep. a main character. Yep. Dude, okay, so Henry Winkler goes uncredited in this movie. Oh, by the, the way, yeah, yeah. He, he's uncredited in the movie, um, even though he has probably more screen time than Drew Barrymore yeah. does. Like his name doesn't even show up in the credits. Not even in the credits because I was watching it. I was like, okay, I wanted to make sure. Liv Shriver was in it for a split second. Yeah, he was the the guy that he shows, uh, he's caught and weary. Yeah, he's caught and weird. They yeah. show him like putting him into the patrol car and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But like, how fucking weird is that to be like, okay, we need so, we need just a dude that's gonna be kind of skeezy looking that we're gonna put into a patrol car and that's gonna be it for like a three second news clip. Let's go get Liev Schreiber. Well, I think at the time too he was kind of you know. Yeah, it was a little bit unknown, but I 
I don't know. It's like you could have just picked it. You could have just gotten one of the the people that's like on set. Yeah, yeah. He does play a huge role in the second one, but I don't think they planned a second one at yeah. the, in the production of the oh, first okay. one. I, uh, I don't know. Anyway, first we can scene. talk about it later. Oh, okay, first um, scene. So phone rings. Drew, no, Drew Barrymore. She's so she's like first billing, right? Yeah, and and I think somewhere Miss E. Maybe in her special special uh, features or something. Wes, Wes Craven himself says, like, I wanted to establish that I wanted to kill her off first to establish that yeah. you don't know what's going to happen in this movie. Like, he was trying to get away from the, uh, you know, the blonde bombshell. Yeah. Big name actress is going to be the title person who lives through, like, the whole movie. Yeah. He So he just tries to disrupt the flow of the movie immediately by killing off your first star. It was yeah. a big thing. Big um it's a pretty, thing when it came out yeah, yeah. I, I mean i would say that, that i remember like seeing that the first time and being like what are you kidding me you know and like i, I think mm-hmm. they, that was effective that was effective yep but let's talk about when she actually takes the phone call so she takes the phone call and she's not immediately like uh oh well no i'm sorry wrong number bye you know she's like who is this? Yeah. Oh, let's. Oh, she's super flirty. Yeah. She, yeah. She's flirting with a complete stranger. She's like, I don't know, maybe. Well, if you recall, like, I don't know about you, but back in like the my middle school days in the nineties, <laughs> you know, like you'd flirt like, with strangers on the phone. No, like girls from school would call you and like not give you the the right name, or they tell you, oh, it's a friend of a friend, and blah blah blah. You know, you play those games. You didn't have like, yeah, freaking because girls were tricked. The internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing but hoes and tricks. Um, but, you know, they call people and be like, oh, yeah, it's a friend of a friend. Like, do you like remember, Cindy Lou Who? And remember like, three-way oh. calling? Yeah. They uh, put you on three-way calling, you wouldn't know, and then yep. you'd be talking about that person and yep. be listening. Exactly. Oh, there were some yeah. phone games to be had in the 90s. <sighs> yeah. So she was interested. She's like, who's calling me? Somebody likes me. Oh, you know, somebody likes I was, me. I was fine with it. <laughs> and then um, You had to live in the 90s, though. You're right. That's That's kind of a dated thing. Nowadays, if kids saw that, they'd be like, what the fuck? Like, what? yeah. <laughs> they'd be like, what is that thing she's talking to? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and it was like a cordless phone, too, which is great because... Shows her affluence. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, cordless. Can we talk about, too, in just in this, the yeah. first phone call, first couple of calls, like, you notice there's no soundtrack? Like, it's just... And it's, like, very, very loud sound effects. The popcorn. The popcorn, The yeah. phone ringing. Like, everything she's moving around. It's like crazy, crazy amped sound effects and no soundtrack. The only time there's kind of a soundtrack is when she starts answering the questions. Or he, once once it's like revealed that he's there to kill yeah, her. And he, yeah, and he's like, you know, like, let's play a trivia. And then like he's asking her questions. And then when he asks her about Halloween, the song like does a few little notes from the yeah. Halloween theme. I, I think I, I think, was like, that was fucking cool. Because yeah. it didn't straight up do it. It just threw in a few notes. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit. And they, yeah, they, they kind of, uh, I think, turn on the uh, soundtrack once he says, I want to know who, who I'm looking at. And it goes dead silent. And then there's a, yeah, like that kind like of that. patented. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That was great. There's a lot of those in this movie, like even when nothing scary is happening mm-hmm. to keep you on edge. So I think that, that, that was cool. But, um, yeah, dude. I mean, how fucking terrifying. Because they take that old legend, right? The whole kind of like the killer's calling from inside the house, yep. you know, for the babysitter thing. And she's not being a babysitter, but she's by herself. And, you know, she's like, talking about a movie where babysitters are stalked and killed. Exactly. Yeah. You know, she talks about that. And uh, what's cool is they did that and they said, okay, well, 
realistically, I think they kind of like said, well, we've all heard the killers inside the house and you're calling from inside the house. But how do you do that? You know what I mean? Like how do you it, realistically, how is someone calling from within your house back in the day of like landlines and stuff and you wouldn't know it, right? Like you would hear someone else in your house talking, especially if they're not like, hey, I'm whispering, you know? So that's where they say, well, let's use technology, right? Let's use cordless phones. Let's use cell phones. And that that's great later. We're like, what are you doing with a cellular telephone? Yeah. Like th- th- you have no business with one of these. <laughs> and, and, you know, and Billy's like, everybody has them now, sure. Everybody has them yeah. now, Sheriff. Like deal with it, old man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, but, you know, you, you have that. And so that places the killer outside of the house, but still within striking distance. And it has that one moment where, you know, where she starts freaking out. And she's like, my boyfriend's coming. You know, he's like, I thought you didn't have a boyfriend. And, you know, like, she's like, he's big and he plays football. He'll kick your ass. <laughs> and then he's like, is his name? I forget what his name was. His name wouldn't happen to be Randy, would it? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, name, it's like, it's like Todd Steve or something. Or something no, Stu? Like no. no. Steven. Randy, Stu? Who was it? I think it was Steven. No. Let's use Steven. I like Todd. Todd sounds like a football player. That's uh, neither of those. Oh, let's well. let's use Rudiger. Rudiger. There you go. His name wouldn't happen to be Rudiger, would it? And then, like, Rutger Hauer. Yeah, <laughs> she has that moment of like, oh shit. Yeah. And like, oh fuck, he already killed it's, him. No, it is Steve, right? Steve. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Steve. Yeah. Steven. <laughs> His name wouldn't have to be Steve, would it? Yeah, Steve. that's it. Ah, uh, that that was kind of like a little bit soul crushing, where you're like, oh fuck. Yeah, that's when you know they got the one up on you. Yeah, like already two steps ahead, right? Um, so here's the question. What do you do when you turn on the lights and you see, you know, you, you, you see your boyfriend sitting out there tied to the chair, beat but, up, and someone's like threatening to kill him, right? Like, what do you do? Because uh, as soon as you hang up, like he's going to fucking kill him. Well, she should have called the cops like 10 minutes earlier. Yeah, but. Oh, that's yeah. part of the that's part of like the horror stereotypes in this first scene, right? Yep. Like all the conventions of a horror movie, they really set you up in this scene, and then they they kind of change it by killing the 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 big title card actress. But they have popcorn, you know, in a, a in a horror movie. Um, her watching scary movies type of thing. Um, she's blonde. She's home alone. She's kind of privileged. She doesn't call the cops. Uh, she, she says who's there they even talk about that right who's there never say who's there yeah. uh, she even shows a chef knife which is like the, a common weapon yeah. right in horror movies um, she's white let's not talk let's not forget about that yeah and blonde right yeah white and blonde is huge and uh, she's kind of um, kind of slutty you know she's kind of uh, that's plays into the whole sexual thing that Randy one of the rules that Randy gives right don't be yeah. so so promiscuous yeah Mm-hmm. You will not be rewarded. They were not shy about the whole sex theme in this movie, and that's and even even to the point where once Drew Barrymore gets killed, what's the one thing she does is reach up and pull his mask off. Yeah, you know, kind of that convention of like I always want to know who's like the, yeah. who the killer is. You always want to they tease the mask. Yeah, getting pulled off the identity. Yeah, so they they throw in a ton of of uh, you know the formula that we think. Are in horror movies, and then they go ahead and, and jar you by killing Drew Barrymore. And they don't just kill her; they fucking kill her. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably like the gnarliest part of the movie. Yeah, as far as death scenes go, I think. Yeah. Because like her like guts are hanging yeah. out of her, and she's hanging from a tree. Well, that whole part was like, <clears throat> sorry, when um 
she sees her parents like driving up. Yeah. That part sucks because it's yeah. so stressful. Well, mm-hmm. and, and she's running towards him, right? And she you're can't like, scream. she's going to get him, you know, but she can't really scream. The worst is when she's running, like it's full speed. She's running and he's running up behind her. And right when he gets the drop on her, it just cuts seamlessly to slow motion of him just like stabbing the shit out of her. Yep. And it's just like, fuck, not only are they showing you this, but they're like saying, like, look at it, watch it like like this is happening. Deal with it. It's a brilliant, brilliant um, decision there. Yeah. Direction there. It's it's a little soul crushing where she's on the ground trying to scream, but can't scream. And her parents are like 20 feet away. And it's shocking because, again, you don't expect her to die. Yeah. You expect Mm -hmm. her to get away. But but Sydney's the one that gets away. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, dude, that was gnarly. It was great though. I, that's yeah. Classic, classic horror movie section there. Um, all right. Um, so after this scene where we don't have a whole lot of music until like the action gets going, let's, we, we start getting some more music and it starts referencing more like pop culture and all that sort of stuff. And I wanted to talk about that because I distinctly have, uh, very vivid memories about this particular soundtrack mm. like as as a kid you know my favorite my favorite uh song is the opening shot so later on when they're when they're um going to Stu's house yeah and the song is like i like we're troubled about the youth of america yeah. or something i was like oh yeah Perfect. About the youth of America. Yeah, exactly. I was like that was a like, great use right there great transition oh, yeah. song. my favorite song is the one that they use in dumb and dumber the I don't know who sings it. I think it's uh, which oh, one? At what point? Which one? The one that's like the like t- talking about the his red right hand. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That song. <laughs> He's got a red, red right hand. hand. I think yeah. I don't know for sure, but I think that might be Nick Cave. But I'm not. No, positive. I think you're right. I think you're right. I have to look it up. Yeah. Could be. That sounds. Like, or at least he did a version of it. That yeah. yeah. That song kind of creeps me out too because yeah. of this movie. It's... Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the first place that I really like heard that song. Yeah. I mean, I'd seen Dumb and Dumber before the, that, obviously, but it, I it came out right around the same time. Yeah. But I didn't like know what it was creepier in that movie. Oh yeah. And, and that's what I want to talk about too. Like they 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 took. Did you notice? Sorry. Did you notice the. Yeah, yeah, in, I did. In I did. Sydney's room. Yeah, it was great. I it, didn't know. I didn't realize that that was that song until this time I watched it. What is it? Tell yeah. me. I don't know what it is. It's it, it was. Um, oh man, God, I'm losing it right now. Yeah, here. I, I wrote it, it down. Uh, do you want me to say it? Yeah, yeah. It's oh, the, don't fear the reaper. Yeah, my blue oyster cult. Oh yeah, but it's yeah. like an acoustic slow acoustic version. Acoustic slow version. Oh really? Like yeah. And oh, I didn't know. I wrote like, that down because I can't recall, and I mean, I might have been too young to really pay attention. I, I might have been too young to really pay attention to it, but I can't recall really having heard too many covers at that point. And furthermore, like alternate covers like that. You like know, people what, weren't like, like how now everybody does like slow acoustic versions of like yeah, popular songs. Like, and they just do them and they make them like creepy or, or like, you know, like super like mellow or whatever. And it's like, I feel like when I heard earlier covers, it was just like, like okay, we're just we're gonna play that song, and they're gonna kind of be true to it. But this yeah. was just like, I, I like what you what you said, Evan. Like, don't fear the reaper, and then that's yeah. the scene where Billy comes through the window. Like, they're yeah. definitely foreshadowing. Like, hey, yeah. He's, oh yeah, he, this is he's bringing death with him. There's tons of foreshadowing in this movie. Yeah, oh, I think. man, it, it, they straight up in the movie store. Randy, yeah, Randy tells, tells you, the, you. Entia, yep. the entire third act. He's like the dad. The dad is a red herring. Right. 
it's, it's Billy. It's Billy. Billy's a killer. Yeah, and he tells you like why, and he yeah. breaks it down, and he just tells you the entire third act. Yeah, that which, I, that whole scene, fucking great. Yeah, brilliant, brilliantly written right there, and that ties into like we were saying. Um, they they tell you the horror convention like, uh, don't or try to go out the front door, and then they run upstairs. Yeah, and then what she do run upstairs. They tell you this is why you know he's going to be a red herring. It's always the boyfriend. They always have some reason to kill the girlfriend. Yeah. Exactly. They tell you the convention, then they show you it play out. Yeah. It's brilliant. That's what. That's when we talk about, like, you hear a lot of people talk about how Scream is so self-referential and how it defines the genre, and it's moments like that yeah. that people are referencing, right? That's the specific details. It, it, it does what a good presenter should do. It tells you what it's going to tell you. It tells you, and then it tells you what it just told you. Yeah. You know, that that's what it does, and, and that's fantastic. But the music for me, like, all these, like, you know, popular songs and stuff, it, it was great to see them used appropriately in context and also to do something at least. I, I don't know. I, can you guys think of something else that would have done, like, a weird cover like that earlier mm-hmm. on or or – well, I mean, I think for all of us in our age range, I mean, we weren't paying attention, yeah. like that to that kind of stuff back yeah. then either. You know, I, mean, yeah. I was I was in like what sixth grade, sixth grade, grade, yeah, probably something like that. Yeah, yeah. I did like the um, <laughs> like kind of I I would call it Ghostface's um, what do you like theme song like that like ah, the little theme like kind of ghostly oh, music yeah. to go with this thing because it's it's very subtle but it, it kind of like. Feels like someone's breathing on your neck. I thought that yeah. was pretty good too. I it, like that. It does a lot of great things with music, but not necessarily in a way that we've talked about with the other movies that that we've done, where we talk about the music. You know, it's yeah, you're right. It's not. It's not like because of like oh here's the score and mm-hmm. like this, but it's like how it chooses to use popular music. Yeah, yeah well, it's I very think, very well chosen. I think a lot of movies of this time did that like. Even like Batman Forever and movies like that, like they have a lot of yeah. it's all it was all like pop music yeah, yeah, and like yeah. punk rock and and you know it was like so I think a lot of movies in the '90s just did that yeah. instead of having a score or yeah like a, and I think this the sound effects in this too I mean to, right in there with the the music they play a huge huge role because the sound effects are creepy yeah if you watch this movie with your eyes closed you'd be creeped out just based off of sound effects soundtrack and then you know you have the dialogue to kind of fill it in. Yeah, I watched this movie this time with subtitles on. I picked up a lot of stuff that I've missed, like watching it before. Just oh. like little, little dumb things. Nothing that mattered really, but like little, little like Easter eggs. One of the things that was cool was in the opening scene when he tells her um, uh, after he says, you know, he knows his boy, her uh, yeah. her boyfriend's out there, or he has her boyfriend, and he tells her to turn the porch light on again. Yeah, but he says he's like, turn the porch light on again. again. And I yeah. never picked that up. And I was like, yeah. oh, because he'd been watching her the whole yeah. time mm-hmm. when she turned it on the first time. Yeah. And he wasn't out there. Yep. Uh, Clever, right? Uh, yeah. Also, uh, another little Freddy reference where on the phone where she's like, I'm going to hang up. He's like, don't you hang up on me, little bitch. <laughs> I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, great. Also, uh, mm-hmm. the, um, I mean, there's so much. There's so much. We get, but I want to try to cover as much as we can. Um, in the at one point, one of the, one of the kills, you know, uh, was a TV to the head. Mm-hmm. Right before someone said, and Nev says, "In your dreams," yep. and then she throws nice. out. And I was like, "Oh, and that happens dude. in Nightmare on Elm Street." Yeah, yeah. Not that was fucking. The kid gets, was that? It wasn't the first one though, was it? It was like the third or fourth one. 
when they're in the mental hospital, right? I'm not and an she, authority on anything other than I, the first one. And I think Freddie comes out of the TV and pulls the kid mm. into the TV. Like I, I don't know. Someone's I think they yelling. do it in the remake, too. Yeah, you're right. They do it in the remake of the first one. Oh, Someone's yelling at their yeah. speakers yeah. right now telling us which yeah. one it yeah. is. Sorry, guys. Please. Well, we're not doing, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, so. Yeah. But uh, there's an obligatory reference we have to talk about, too. Yes. Where <laughs> Principal Henry yeah. comes... And comes also, out of his, I, lo- I love yeah. his character too, where he's like that, like super caring '90s principal. Yeah, let's where talk he's about like, about that in a second. Yeah, because okay. I, I do have a, a lot of questions about his character. Okay. But he comes out of his office, right, looking for some kids yeah. that were playing ding dong ditch, and sees the janitor mopping up. Yeah, and he says, <laughs> yeah, "What'd you call me?" Because well, he says he opens it and he's like, "He's like, where'd you go, you little shits?" Or yeah, like that. and he's like, "What'd, what'd you, you call me?" He's like, he's like oh, "Oh, not you, Fred. Not you, Fred." And it's. Yeah, Wes Craven, Wes Craven dressed it's, up like it's the man Kirk. himself, <laughs> dressed up. Which in doesn't Freddy's sweater. he doesn't look anything like him. He looks no. like a, a hobo. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. his face looks gnarly. Yeah. I wish Wes Craven did look like that. Oh, <laughs> that'd be that'd yeah. be great. The dude. the thing that bothers me about that scene though is that who could knock on that door and get out of there that fast? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know suspension of disbelief there. Yeah, because yeah. there's a lot of things too, like like in um the opening scene, like how how is it getting from the Front of the house to the back of the house. Well, there's two so of them. Yeah, but not in the, not in the first kill. There's well, only one because well, Stu well, Stu is with uh, oh, Tatum. Yeah, she right, vouches right. for him. Oh yeah, huh. that's the alibi. I forgot about and that. I think that's the reason why there are two is so that there are alibis rather than so they can kill people like with two people at once. I think it's more so there if we're getting behind the 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 psychological thinking of the killers, they originally come up like the two of them so that they have alibis like oh I was here and he did it and then you can switch it right. But then later it comes in handy, obviously, when you need two people to track down some of the yeah. some of the victims. But Hembry. Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> exactly what you're talking about, too. He's a very kind and redeeming character um, and very thoughtful. Probably him and the sheriff and, like, Dewey are the most kind of innocent and thoughtful. Yeah. But then, then we're treated to, like, Hembry putting on the mask and kind of, like, act, like clowning around. Like, he yeah. was curious about not being so thoughtful. Yeah. You know? And and then also he seems to be the only victim that is killed randomly. I don't know why. Yeah. Like why do they go why after Hembry? Why do they kill Hembry? Is it because he expels the two students before? Is it because he is like really thoughtful and caring? Like why? I, I, it seems like a strange target, right? It doesn't yeah. fit like their normal cycle of victims. Like Stu wanted to kill Casey Becker because she dumped him yeah. for Steve. Uh, like obviously they want to kill Nev Campbell. Like they're they're killing people who get in their way. Principal Hembury does them a favor by dismissing school. Yeah. Right. The only thing I could think of is that he, like, you know, he he's having like the cops come in, like questioning everybody or or whatever. Like maybe so it's like, well, let's get him out. Of, but even I then, think the cops are doing that on their own. Yeah, well, yeah. You, the the only thing I can come up with yeah. is what Randy says is it's the millennium and motives are incidental. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that an incidental motive? Like they just yeah, killed just him because, because he was, he was alone? I I mean because because I mean how do how do I say this without sounding like one of them? <laughs> <laughs> because when you're in school, you know, everyone's like, there's that, you know, thing. You take these songs and you reappropriate, you know, uh, like you have like Ding Dong, the witch is dead. Right. But like people would sing it about their like teachers and stuff like that. And like, you know, it was like the teachers and the principals are the bad guys. And like, you know, it, it's just the whole thing. Like kill the fucking principal anarchy, man. You know, that sort of. 
that yeah like, yeah maybe i've never like really the picked establishment, up on that you know i've never really thought about that until this viewing you you know you always see something yeah. new but this time i was like why are they doing that yeah but it was it was weird one one thing that i picked up throughout this whole movie um i i kind of knew about it like but when i've seen it before and then i kind of re when i was rewatching it kind of established it but um if you kind of think about it like they kind of hint at they keep it a good like like even though you have like a strong suspicion that it's billy because he's just a yeah. creep and he's just we- acting weird the whole time yeah ever since the the first time like when nev gets attacked in her house and he shows up in her window yeah you automatically start thinking it's him yeah no okay. matter what it's because it's be too him. fishy yeah but throughout the rest of the movie they kind of hint at it how it can be anybody yeah like they show the boots was a big thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. And the they pattern. showed, but then they show the sheriff the has boots. the same boots. Oh yeah. Nice. Uh, yep. And then like just little weird things. Like, um, Dewey says some weird things where he seems kind of creepy. Yeah. You, you, you get a, a hint of suspecting Dewey first. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like Dewey just happens to always randomly be like around mm-hmm. places. And so stuff. I thought that was kind of cool how they kind of keep you like on like, whoa, yeah, there yeah. is. What? There yeah, is a yeah little... Randy with his movie knowledge. Yeah. You have, uh, you know, uh, what's his face? Stu with just being a fucking dick, being like, oh, fucking dead. And like, just like being completely insensitive. You have, uh, you know, ne- uh, um, what, what's her face? Sydney's dad, who's just gone and Frame. you can't find yeah. him. Yeah. You have, even for a split second, you have the principal where he like puts on the mask or where he's like going to put on the mask. And then you realize he's just fucking around but you have the whole like thing where it's like oh shit yeah they're throwing you throwing you off a little bit the dewey too i think they the uh, oh and then obviously courtney cox yeah because why why not her fucking career would skyrocket from Mm -hmm. that you know what Mm -hmm. i mean um dewey they they kind of continue in the series playing on whether or not he's gonna kind of go psycho and become the killer i think in the second one they they give a little he's one of the suspects yeah and and then yeah he's one of the suspects and then i think he's even in the third one but the third one is more of a hero hero character but and then also in scary movie deputy dewey is the killer fun fact fun fact (laughs) did you know that the working title for this movie before before they decided on scream was scary movie yeah yeah Yeah, and i didn't think it was gonna play well yeah and then um yeah, <laughs> which actually I think is a better title. Yeah, I love uh, like I like the title "Scream," but I think "Scary Movie" is an even better title because it, it fits with what they were trying to right. do. Yeah. I yeah. think if you switch the two movies' titles, it, it makes sense in both cases. Yeah, you that'd know. be good. Um, but yeah, you have the you have the whole thing with like Dewey there, and like you have again the incompetence of police, right? You know where it's like he's not respected by his little sister yeah. or, or his big sister no little, little sister, sister yeah. yeah his little sister and like he still lives at home and he's still like a kid and like you know he's got like a <laughs> shitty mustache and also the sheriff is completely wrong right yeah that's another thing it's like he's way off the, the path yeah, he's like, it's, it's got to be the dad you he's know, falling for, for the frame right he's basically the frame job the old school you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just like, well, here are the leads that we have. We're, we're, we're going with that right there. And I, I think it's interesting what the sheriff says when he, he says, uh, Dewey's like, thinks, you think you think Billy did it? And the sheriff says, 20 years ago, I would have said no way. But yeah. but this day and age, like, who knows with these who kids? Who knows, yeah. And it ties into the, the freaking song, right? Yeah. We're scared for the youth of America. It's yeah. kind of an underlying theme of the power transitioning to, to the 
the youth generation. So I'll say this with all the movie references that came up, you know, and uh, God, I try to write them all down. Like just all the movies they named or like you saw so there. Um, let's see. So, uh, Halloween nightmare on Elm street. Um, Friday the 13th and the opening talk about Friday the 13th. They talked about, um, candy man, um, do they? Yeah, he, he's like, oh, like Candyman he, over here. He, yeah, he called um, somebody calls Billy Candyman. Yeah, uh, oh. Frankenstein, The Howling, Prom Night, oh, mm-hmm. um, the the town that dreaded sundown, which is a deep pull. Yeah. When did they say the that? Tex- the Texas one. Yeah, um, I think it's when they were talking about the curfew and stuff. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. The curfew. Sydney mm-hmm. says it, and then somebody's like, oh, is that Wasn't the that one that in that Texas? Movie? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Evil Dead, Hellraiser, The Fog, Terror Train, Leatherface, Silence of the Lambs, Shining, Damn, The Shining, like, Psycho, Carrie. I don't remember them talking about Evil Dead at all. It, it's when they're at the party and they're deciding between um, which movie to watch. Ah. Did you notice when they when she puts the camera to hide the camera, you know, yeah. by the TV, that it's next to a VHS copy of Clerks? Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh. Really? Yeah. Huh. And, and that's yeah. Doesn't matter that, with that's, this movie, but <laughs> no, that's it's kind of cool though. And I was gonna say, oh, it's Randy, but it's not Randy's house; it's Stu's house. And I was gonna say because Randy's a video store clerk. And, oh yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that stuff. And they, they talk about Jamie Lee Curtis a lot. They talk about Meg Ryan a lot. Yeah, a lot of Meg Ryan Which references. Tom kinda, Cruise and all the right moves. Yeah, Tom Cruise is we very can see his penis. Yeah, the outline we can see of his, his penis. penis. If you pause it, just yeah. Right. Um, the, a lot of references to pop culture in general, and I don't remember seeing a whole lot of that before. Like one or two, and it was like topical. This is like, let's talk about movie stars. Let's talk about the movies themselves. Let's talk, you know. And I, I think that's kind of like the the main theme is is what pop culture is doing to to society and the the youths of America, and and how pop culture is affecting, you know. The, the world we live in nowadays kids can kill become a serial killer like the sheriff can't believe it you know like nowadays everybody's a cell phone and look what yeah. you can do with a cell phone and how scary it can be and so i think that's kind of like the th- like the theme other than trying to d- display and dissect the horror genre and define it is is you know the the pop culture effect on society yeah i mean it, it's it's strange because you have someone pointing out you basically have the dude who wrote it what was his name Kevin Williamson Kevin Williamson and then you know combined with Wes they're kind of just pointing out like hey these are things that are changing and you're just gonna have to kind of get accustomed to it and how got, about go ahead how about the fact that there's a policeman at a party of underage kids and who are like, all drinking hey keep it out like whatever whatever uh, just have fun and there's don't drive yep and there's a 25 year old policeman I guess that's probably more the product of a small town but there's a lot of things that is like kind of introducing the the new way of things in, in yeah. the, the teens era, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's really interesting from that point of view. Um, I had here pulled up. I, I just wanted to read these here for you. Um, the rules that Randy talks about. Oh, three rules that everybody must abide by. Well, and I thought there was... Yeah, I wanted to get it for verbatim here. Let's see. Um, the rules. Okay. So, we have uh, the rules to successfully survive a horror movie. And that is, one, you may, uh, you may not survive the movie if you have sex. Uh, you may not survive the movie if you drink or do drugs. And mm-hmm. you may not survive the movie if you say, I'll be right back. 
hello or who's there. Um, so, like, Courtney. Big or, I'm no, sorry. no. Big no, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or not Courtney. Um, um, Sid. Sydney. She has sex. Right. And she survives. Right. So are they breaking the convention? What's going on with that? I don't know. Does she drink? I don't think no, I ever so see her. I don't drinking. think I see her have a drink. I just didn't know if she might have had like one or something, but it doesn't look like she does. No, but I, I think, don't think so. They that was the whole point of Billy having sex with her. Yeah, it's because they wanted they were going to. They kill wanted her. her to adhere to a certain rule. They they needed her to be bad because she's like she's not promiscuous at all yeah. up until that point, right? Yeah. She's not drinking. She's very logical. She's the antithesis of the the horror victim with the the uh, virgin heroine and um that's kind of where they break it right they they uh just like how they set up the opening scene where you expect the title character to live and then they yeah they surprise you with well, yeah that. And, and they they surprise you that Nev Campbell doesn't die right I actually just read something about that right now it says I guess Drew Barrymore Drew Barrymore was originally supposed to play Sydney. Um, but she, Drew Barrymore insisted that if she played Casey, then it would make the audience think that anything could happen. Drew Barrymore thought of that? I guess. That's what the trivia says she's on probably IMDb. Cla- she's probably claiming that, but come on, Drew Barrymore. Come on, Drew. <laughs> come on. You're from an acting I think that dynasty. Could be, she don't. probably claimed that after Wes Craven died, so she's like, now I can take credit for it. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm going to take credit for it. Um, yeah, dude. So they... they they do a lot of interesting stuff like that. This is kind of a cool little thing What's I just that? read. Sorry. Uh, the boyfriend in Psycho, the original yeah. Psycho movie, 1960, uh, is named Samuel Loomis. Mm-hmm. Samuel Loomis was the doctor in Halloween yep. in 1978. In Scream, the teens are watching Halloween. Yeah. And in Halloween H2O, 20 years later, in 1998, the teens are watching Scream 2. Oh, man. From 97. Ah, and it's kind of a cool little Billy's circle. last name is Loomis. Yeah, yeah. that's Billy true. Loomis. Oh man, that's fucked up. This, this movie got a little too meta for me at times. Yeah, <laughs> and there's also there's also the uh, he references Psycho, right? Yeah, and yeah. He is the same product of of the uh, yep. Freud theory yeah. between mm-hmm. what him is and his it? mom. Yeah, him and his mom were yep. so close, and he's doing this because. Of some, his, his mom being hurt his by mom, his father, right? Yeah, his mom uh, left, left because his dad was banging, banging Sydney's, Sydney's, mom. Yeah, Sydney's mom, right? Exactly. So he, he's he's doing it out of revenge for his mother, which is kind of crazy because you think the whole movie when you hear about her rape and murder, you think like, oh, poor mom, but yeah. like she was. I'm not saying that this qualifies for rape and murder, but I just mean like she was kind of a you, slut. You hear yeah. that she was sleep. You she, hear she that she around. was sleeping around, right? And she, well, we know she was banging Cotton Weary and Billy's dad. Yeah, at right. least. Yeah. And you have that. And then I think that's kind of an interesting play on it because I feel like a lot of people then start to look at it through a different lens, even though it shouldn't be. And I think that's kind of one of, one of the little statements there. It's like, okay, yeah, she was sleeping around, but that doesn't mean that she needed to get raped and killed. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, that's an American right you have to sleep with whoever you want. You know what I mean? Um, but like... Yeah, you have that, and he's just like so hell bent on it, and like it, it's from the from the get go, dude. He is straight up like, let's fucking do it, like let's. And, and even <laughs> later when she's like, because 
okay, like, yeah, you know, it, it's been a year or whatever, but like her mom died, was raped and killed. And now she's a little averse to like sexual activity herself. And he's like, come on, but it's been like a year. Like, you're yeah. not over, get over it. It's like, oh, high school boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, God damn, dude. I'm like sitting there being like, I'm not. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it, it got a, you can affect those things, but don't say them out loud to her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, there's a thing called a filter. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of it. Billy doesn't seem to have a filter. No, he no. does not. He is. Uh, he's weird. Uh, how about how about when he he's like, oh yeah, I was at home watching The Exorcist and I thought of you. Oh yeah, the don't Exorcist. ever say that to your girlfriend. Yeah. No, like yeah. that's messed up, man. Uh-huh. But again, but it ties in like the pop culture thing, right? Like. Like he's well, watching he's, all these horror movies and yeah. it's making him want to kill. Well, what he what he well he said it's but, like edited for TV and now yeah, our relationship is, is yeah. like edited. Yeah, for but TV. still, like, you don't ever want to tell somebody. Else. Yeah, it's just like that's a weird fucking thing to like lead with when you're trying to get laid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, how over about there to get some on top of the clothes stuff? How about you look beautiful? <laughs> how about I respect you? <laughs> no, I was watching The Exorcist and I thought of you. I, I want to cut out all the, the good stuff. stuff. And I remember how we used to do good stuff. Let's do good stuff. We started started with a hard R rating. Yeah. Like, starting out banging. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like and now it was like we were like NC seventeen. Let's take it NC seventeen. And like you have the whole rating system too, which is kind of like that reference. So it starts off. With I, I don't remember it being so reference heavy. I remember them being like, oh, there's the rules, you know, and there's, you know, this or that. But it, it is throughout and it mm-hmm. is relentless. And in any moment they can illustrate those points to you, they do. Or when they can mention something or reference something else, they do. Right. And it started to get to the point where I'm a little like, OK, yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it. You know, horror and movies. And then um, you have kind of a final showdown between uh sydney and uh, you know Stu and surprise surprise billy's not dead which also i thought that was kind of a cool thing where they like throw you off by being like they stab billy and you're like oh wait he's still alive maybe he's gonna help her and then he's just he does uh, he just fucking does it. he just takes the blood licks it and goes corn syrup same thing they used in carry yeah oh I, I was like that's that moment where you're like oh fuck there's yeah. two of them. <laughs> oh shit! One of them's a Looney Tune. Yeah, that, well, they're both in their own way. Yeah, <laughs> but um, Stu, what are you gonna tell your parents? Peer pressure. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, go ahead. You have that moment where they just keep going and like, well, you have to do it, and like, cause you gotta die, Sydney, and like this and that, and like they just keep talking about the movie. And at first, uh, I was like, okay, it's getting a little silly, and then they keep doing it and then they start doing shit like stabbing each other and then be like yeah and like peer pressure and like they're just doing all this shit and it they clearly go from a point they they kept doing something that was started to get a little annoying and they kept doing it so much that it ran into the ground and they're not only beating a dead horse they're stabbing a dead horse and skull fucking it you know and they're just showing you that like okay these people are fucked up like that, there's no two ways about it. It's not like a joke or a game. Like there's something seriously wrong with them, right? And what's kind of scary about this is like this is something that now you know we kind of it has become more commonplace. You know, a younger generation, you know, kids, teens that are like doing, uh, for lack of a better word, shit like this. I mean, 
I don't remember hearing too much about like, you know, school shootings and teens killing each other and doing all this weird shit before this movie. And that's not to say that this movie caused it or that these types of movies caused it. But I think that this movie was pointing out, hey, guys, that shit's uh, uh, look over there that you might want to pay attention to that. Exactly. That's what it's commenting on. Right. Yeah. It's saying like, like, how can this how can teens, you know, and be, be like so influenced from pop culture and horror movies and they it makes them do crazy stuff right and like video games and violence you always hear it's not mentioned in screen but you always yeah. hear that right? like video games cause violence yeah that's it's trying to comment on how that was rising in the 90s yeah and i mean how much of it is actually that versus how much of it is used as a scapegoat and how how many of those kids are wise to that being like well i can just peer pressure right yeah oh i'm gonna blame it on this oh i'm gonna blame it on that and it's kind of fucked up that, you know, you have a, a few years later, you know, a couple kids running around their campus killing people. You know, you know what I mean? Like, so it, that that's the first thing I thought of, like, when I saw that, like, where they were, like, running around school, like, doing that. Because I, I went to fucking high school, you know, a couple years later and people constantly joking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Columbine, right? And, like, so I'm like, people got shot and killed. Like that, that's not really that funny, <laughs> you know? And then like, but everyone's, and you have those two kids running around in the masks the next day after one of their students were murdered. Yeah. And Hembry's you're insensitive pricks and yeah. I should gut you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and that was the other thing where you're kind of like, uh, Henry. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Uh, are um, you the killer? Maybe. How about this? How about like, sorry to change, change topics a little bit, but yeah, what you could say that because Billy rapes and kills Sydney's mom that he saves Sydney from the same slutty path her mom was on. I mean, think about it. They ju- he's like says they just started dating and they were on a on a hard R on their way to an NC-17 rating. Mm. He kills her mom, which she doesn't know obviously, but he yeah. kills her mom and it it turns that her into her how the, she acts. The virgin. It it enables her to survive because she's she's not promiscuous and she's thoughtful in the movie right it, it makes her the anti anti-victim in this so you can say that billy is is sydney's savior indirectly oh god by killing her mom saves her her path down she maybe she was just going to be slutty all the time and her parents weren't going to care and they were going to fight and get divorced and her dad was going to travel and she's going to follow yeah. down the same footpath and billy kills her mom and it, it like makes her a, a heroine. wake up call yeah yeah it's kind of crazy. Oh, so, never thought about that. So then Billy then cock blocks, not only cock blocks himself, but enables himself to get defeated by Sydney. Ah, that's so weird. That's so meta. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I just read something about uh, Principal Hembry that might explain what you were talking about earlier. Yeah, what do you got? Um, about why he gets killed. So after the it says after the bathroom attack... Um, there was a scene in the script where Sydney bursts into the principal's office and reports the incident, crying for help. Oh, thank you. I would expect her to do that. Yeah. So, and it says the scene was not included in the final cut. Uh, it explains why Hembry ultimately decided to suspend the lessons and dismiss the students. So yes, maybe it does. because maybe because she told him about it. Maybe yeah. that's why they killed him. Oh, I see. Like like he like, was thwarting their plot to kill her at school or that day or or, or like Just, hey, the, the clue is that he, you know, it's someone in the school. 
Oh, yeah. You said yeah. they would know where to look and, and shit like that. Yeah, that does explain a little more. A little bit. Maybe yeah. not to a T, but a little bit. Yeah, it definitely gives a little more motive behind it. Which you wonder why, like, because they don't show that scene, I like, I've contemplated whether or not the killer was really in the bathroom. You know? Yeah, I thought I it was, was another like, kid messing around with them. Yeah, or or I was like, was it in Sydney's head? Is she just paranoid now? Yeah. Um, but there's not a lot of oh, paranoia that... in anybody's head. In this well, movie she says it in the movie too. She says like, she's like when she was talking about the guy coming or in the bathroom. Not sorry, not coming in the bathroom, but in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> um, why she... do you think? Why do you think the killer makes that the the, the ghost face is that oh. face? Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's vinegar stroke. <laughs> <laughs> he. Uh, she that's, says that's how they got the mask. There you go. <laughs> she says that she's like she's like I know it wasn't somebody playing a trick on me. I knew I know it was him. I I can just tell. Like she says, like mm. she can tell that it was the same person chasing yeah. after. Maybe because of the vigor he had or whatever. Right. It's pronounced vinegar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. So there was okay. One thing we haven't really talked about is um, Courtney Cox's character, Gail Weathers. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Like I, I f- James, tell you. It looks like you have something to say about that. No, she just plays such the perfect bitch. Oh, she I hate sucks her Ugh. so much. Right? Yeah, she's like so necessary to the plot, but so annoying. It, it's just, and again, you know, part of like, hey, here's what's fucking going on. No tact about it. No. And what's weird is Billy has that moment later when they're all having lunch, you know, and like, you know, uh, Stu's like, oh, I heard her like cut out her liver and put it in the mailbox and ha, and like being all like psycho and crazy. Like that, that's the thing I think that bugs me of 90s like movies and people is when they're just like needlessly quote extreme with an X you know, where it's like, oh, like, I'm just going to make some joke and it's going to all be super crude, um, you know, super like tactless and super like nothing is just, oh, yeah, whatever. It's like, oh, take it to the extreme, you know, ride the walrus, like that sort of shit. Um, that's Futurama. I, oh, I was like, ride the walrus. <laughs> yeah. um, I am the walrus. But like Billy says, he's like. Uh, where, where he's talking like that, he's like, "Hey, tact, you fuck rag." Yeah, I love that line. Yeah, you know, it, it's just like he's talking about being like tactful and stuff like that. But then he, he says that word. Yeah, but he says like you know, fuck rag, and um, you, that's where I think Gil Weathers really you know shines because you have the whole thing where this person's mother just got raped and killed and she's like, you know, covering it and be like, "This is my career. This is my career," and then it's happening to the daughter and she's. You know, you'd be like, oh, shit, this is that person's daughter. And, like, now she's trying to be killed. Uh, you know, instead of being like, oh, hey, um, you know, if you wouldn't mind, it, it, would you like to share your comments with me or whatever? Versus just like, I'm just microphone yeah. in your face. She's playing, like, the stereotypical investigative tabloid reporter. But, I mean, she does serve a role. She's kind of like the the the, uh, the truth teller, right? Because she disbelieves in the cotton-weary murder cases. And she's trying to get to the bottom of this this killer case, but to do so to further her career rather than like you said, like, you know, find, find out some how something is impacting a care like uh Sydney. She's trying to further her career by finding out the truth, um, which may or may not play into the pop culture theme, you know, like yeah. that it's further motivation to, to, or to is further like yourself. Tabloid is journalism the motivation. Thing yeah. Too, you know, just, that was, I think like huge then getting the, the story. Yeah. Is, <sighs> TMZ, yeah, the exactly. rise of TMZ, and 
Yeah. 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 It's shitty. And then this was before she was Courtney Cox Arquette, right? This is where they met. This is where they met. This is the romance. Yeah, we met on a horror movie. done now. They got divorced. I didn't know that. Yeah, Yeah. Which is a bummer. I always liked them. Yeah, not too long ago, though, right? Five or six years ago. Yeah, yeah. They had a good stint. Yeah. Had a couple kids. For Mm -hmm. Hollywood, that's a pretty good stint. Right. That's why I I get stoked when Hollywood couples stay together. Yeah. I I always tell... um, uh, St- Stephanie, my girlfriend, fian- no fiance she, now. There you go, fiance oh. now. Um, I always tell her, I was like, the only way Hollywood couples ever stay together is if one of them stops acting. It's, otherwise, they break up. They oh. can't ever be both stars and continue on. Huh. I feel so like she's she- she's constantly trying to find people that to to refute that. She had a good one, but it was like who it was like whoever like uh, Tim McGraw's married to. I was like, yeah, he's a country singer. He could yeah. do it. Yeah, it's, it's not an actor. It's yeah. different, you know. I mean, dabbling is different than doing it. The uh, I I just read an actual, actually cool thing that kind of I think that you guys would enjoy. But um, in the opening scene, you know how she's cooking the Jiffy Pop, yeah, the popcorn. Yeah. Um, it, I was reading a thing uh, how it talks about how. The Jiffy Pop kind of acts as a clock for that whole first scene. Yeah. How it goes mm. from just a mm. normal state to out of control on fire, yeah. just like the scene is. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Nice. Yeah. And then it's the scene doesn't end until mom puts it out, right? Yeah. But like the whole time, like it keeps like kind of referring to it, like as she runs by it. Yep. It's like you do they focus it. on <laughs> it kind of. Yeah. Like you, you get things getting crazier. Like popping and shit. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Good observation. Um, and, then, and then mom finally puts out the fire. And then what's she do? Walk outside and see. Yeah. yeah. Sees her child. I heard gutted. too. I think I, somewhere on special features that I watched years ago, that that scene where they hang up Drew Barrymore and cut her and cut her bowels out was the first way they did it. Um, the movie came back with an NC seventeen rating because of that. Yeah. Because of what they showed, and then they had to cut it down to make it an R. And Wes Craven was like pretty upset about it. I guess. Yeah. Did they Why just did shorten they... the amount of time? Or oh, I think I think it was sh- the amount of time and, was it, like, and how they did. I think it was even more than that. I think yeah. that originally there was more like blood and guts. Yeah, scenes, there was like more... and they had to cut a bunch out. Oh, oh, other other scenes. Yeah. Oh. And even, I know that one was big too. And it was still like trying to they were trying to push for an NC seventeen and then um, Weinstein or whatever Weinstein, yeah. one of the dudes. Uh, went back to them and, and try and pitch the movie as a comedy. And then they bumped it down to an R. Huh. Which is kind of, I mean, it's there's comedy in it. Yeah. You oh, yeah. I mean? like, Absolutely. Definitely... But I think that um, Stephanie. But that says a lot about the rating system. Yes. The rating system is trash. Yeah. Um, Did you see that uh, documentary? Yeah. yeah uh, this The film is not yet rated. Yeah, yeah I have it. Yeah. It's good. Um, there's also a podcast from stuff you should know where they review the MPAA. That's that's good. Listen to. Yeah. Um, uh, we're we're are not affiliated with that podcast, by the way. <laughs> but this movie, because there there are like very comedic and uh, comedic moments, and they're so self aware, right? They're defining their own movie essentially. That it does kind of ease some of the tension. Yeah. Like Stephanie really likes this movie. She loves Scream and she hates horror movies. Yeah. But she was bummed that I watched it without her. She was still like, Oh, I love Scream. Like it's so good because it tells you about every other horror movie. You can watch another movie and refer to Scream. She's like, like it's oh, like Oh yeah, it's from that one. Yeah, yeah, she she calls it like the horror Bible. It's yeah. very cool. <laughs> which is cool for me because she would never watch a, a horror movie before and then like a couple years ago we watched a bunch of horror movies. We watched like Jaws 
and like Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street and yeah. all this and then at the and Halloween and then at the end of it we watch Scream and I was like see how it kind of is defining all these movies and she's yeah. like yeah totally cool she was like all jazzed up about That's it and awesome. now she loves it because the tension is kind of eased with how self-referential they yeah. are and how much comedy there is like all of Stu is very comedic oh yeah, yeah. and Randy too and yeah. so it eases the tension a little bit makes it a little easier to swallow so I could see how you could pitch it as you know, oh no, they're goofing around and they're making fun of themselves. Yeah, MPA would probably buy that because they're a bunch of moms. Oh, by the way, that the Tatum death was pretty gnarly too. Although I gotta say, that is a fucking. I want that dro- that garage door. Yes, opener. that's like that. That's it some serious carries shit. the weight of a person, and not only that, but it carries it and with so much force that it actually it causes physical harm. To, to a point of fatality. I love the... Yep. the with it. it. It doesn't just get stuck. It's like, uh, I'm stuck here. I can't get down. Someone help me. It, it's like... <laughs> and then afterwards, when it does malfunction, it do, still doesn't let the door down. Yeah. Like when the, the power finally cuts out, it's like, well, we'll leave the door up. So. Yeah. I like how that, that it cuts to like a fake face and it just crushes her yeah. face. Yeah. Uh, I just... I read a little another thing. Sorry. I keep reading stuff while we're recording. Right. But it's about that scene. Yeah. And it kind of touches on the nipple factor that yeah. I was talking about earlier. And it just sounds funny. It's on IMDb <laughs> trivia. Factor. Is this because she I, she had to open the fridge a bunch? No, it just says, okay. when Tatum enters the garage, it is yeah. noted to many viewers that yeah. her nipples are extremely erect through mm-hmm. her shirt. Yeah. This was not a prosthetic. They were Rose McGowan's real nipples. I, I think somewhere... <laughs> I like how IMDb trivia, yeah. IMDb trivia has this... I wonder if it was a thing. This is a fact. No, this is making me wonder how many films do have prosthetic nipples. <laughs> I, want, I wonder if it was one of those things like where it, it just kind of happened and they're like, oh, shit, her nipples are hard. Um, well, are, are you cool with that? Uh, yeah, whatever. Oh, okay, or if it was like her being like... Or, or if it was someone being like, get your nipples hard, because that, because you know you're like the blonde haired, like big, you know, yeah. big. Boot. I'm guessing that it's more of that. Like, like they wanted to make a like her that figure. Yeah, yeah you think you think they would definitely kind of pump her up a bit based on uh, like the way she looks. It was like based on like someone from like Friday the Thirteenth or something like that. No, oh, I they wouldn't doubt it. I mean, like she's that. she is the stereotype her and yeah. Drew Barrymore right yeah. I've heard somewhere too that because she goes to the, like they had to do that scene a couple times and because she goes to the fridge and is standing there collecting beers like yeah. it was just cold like yeah. she was cold but uh, again it's like well is that someone just trying to explain away it and really the director was like get them nips up get them nips it up. could be Wes you know being, Wes being like get the nipples I, I wonder if because they had so much problems with the ratings if they cut out some nudity to a piece of the rating board or if that was Maybe. like specifically to combat the convention that you always see boobs in horror movies yeah you know i tend to i, w- I want to say it's like the uh, before i always thought it was the latter you know that they were showing that you can have a horror movie without obligatory boobs everywhere yeah. But now that we talk about all this rating stuff, maybe I could see them cutting cutting some scenes like that and instilling in hard nipples instead. They're like, well, we can't get away with showing. Let's show well. some nipples. Yeah. <laughs> nipples through the shirt for everyone. Um, so I wanted to talk about the the icon that was created with this ghost face. Right. Okay. So as you mentioned, the father the, death. To father some of death. Us. <laughs> so in, in the movie, they're talking about... Uh, and it's cool because they show some police work, some actual police work there where they're like, okay, let's try to find out that mask, you know, like what, what is it and stuff like that. And so they look, they, they do show you a lot of logic from the cops, which is cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, they, they look at like the records and they're like, okay, well, we're going to like look at the phone numbers that called both you and Casey. 
you know, like they're they're doing that and like the whole thing we're doing is like, well, is it possible they could have cloned the phone number? You know, so you have some actual police work going on there. Um, but they they turn up a search for the costume and they get to the point where they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, it, this is everywhere. You can get this costume anywhere like it is. It's a common thing, you yeah. know, and the name on it is Father Death. Right. Which. Uh, also, I think could be an allusion to Halloween because I think they use a similar line when they explain the mask that he has. Okay, yeah. But I'm not sure. Hmm? Um, I'll have to oh. watch Halloween again. We, I think because, remember, Michael Myers gets the mask because he breaks into a hardware store and steals the mask. And I think one of the cops says, oh, you can get this mask at any store on the street. Yeah, it's like a... Yeah. 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 Um, so what's interesting about that, though, is I think that notion that a lot of people kind of don't put together and that's like the fact that you know you don't have to work hard to conceal your identity i mean you know it's kind of ingrained in people you know the ski mask but at the same time the ski mask is so villainized now you know it's used by criminals it's by killers uh you know rapists arsonists thieves robbers yeah a lot of robberies right you know it's stuff like that so you see that and you're automatically like oh that's bad but like halloween costumes not necessarily you know and then this comes on and it's like someone's using a halloween costume you know to disguise themselves and ki- and kill people um so I decided to look into it and I was like, I wonder if that was actually like a Halloween costume or like, yeah. did they create it? Was it a fake one? Like, I don't know. So I looked into it and I found this article, um, by Brian Cronin, uh, it was on the Huffington post, uh, blog. And basically they were looking at the origins of that costume, that mask. So I'm going to read part of it here. And, um, basically it says when Wes Craven took, um, when Wes Craven took on the project that became Scream, originally dubbed Scary Movie, screenwriter Kevin Williamson gave no direction for the look of the villain of the film besides Ghost Mask Killer. So it was up to Craven and his production team to come up with a visual look for the film's killer. In a twist of fate, one of the producers of the film, uh, Marianne uh, Madalena, was doing some scouting for the film when she came across an abandoned house in Santa Rosa. Um... Oh, it was previously used in 1943's uh, Hitchcock, uh, Shadow of a Doubt. Um, Mm. So she ended up not using that house, but instead chose a neighboring house uh, for the home of Tatum and Dewey. Um, And let's see, in, in Scream. However, while at the first house, she discovered a striking mask hanging from a post. So there was just a random mask hanging from a post there. And she brought it back to Wes Craven, um, and he originally, for a while, like was like, "Oh, I found the mask, or whatever." But the later, he's like, "Oh, wait, no, it was her." Yeah. So, um, he he loved the mask, and the only problem though was that it was like the intellectual property of Halloween mask company Fun World. Uh, it was designed by Bridget Slidrin as part of their quote fantastic faces series of masks. And it came out somewhere around 1992. Originally the mask was called the peanut eyed ghost. Uh, and so he had to have this mask, Wes Craven, right? But they couldn't do it. So they wanted to, uh, dimensions films wanted or dimension films wanted to license the mask from fun world. Um, and fun world was like, Oh, well let's, you know, let's milk this. And apparently they were driving too hard of a bargain, right. To like get to an agreement. So 
The bargain was initially too hard for Dimension Films, and they told uh, Craven that they would have to make do with a different mask. Instead, Craven had Greg Nicotero, fucking Greg. I didn't Wa- know walking, that. Walking Dead guy, right? Walking Dead, and also we saw his work on Maniac. That's right. Uh, and I thought something else. Something else too. recent. Um, I can't remember. We can yeah. Fact um, check later. The uh, and and Howard Berger uh, of design company K and B Effects came up with their own version of the famous mask, altered enough to make it unique and not a violation for Fun World's intellectual property. This mask was actually used in the first few scenes of the film, including the famous opening scene with Drew Barrymore. Um, so basically, they were just kind wait, of wait. Which mask was used in the opening scene? The Fun World one? No, the oh, okay. altered one. Okay. So basically, they're like, okay, well, we're gonna change it by enough of a percentage to where you can't sue us for it, but it's basically gonna be the same mask. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, and uh, so they say it's quite possible though that Dimensions Films is just trying to prove to Fun World that they uh, would be willing to do the film without the masks to get them to come down their asking price and negotiations. After all, Dimension Films uh, knew that Craven still wanted to use the Fun Mask, uh, the Fun World mask in the film. Fun World and Dimension eventually came to a licensing agreement, and Craven was able to use the original mask the rest of the film. And um, this is where they then came up with a new official name together of Ghostface. Um, so the reason I bring this up is because for a lot of people... Because peanut eyed ghost didn't sound good enough? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so they call it Ghostface, and then in the movie they you know, were um, calling it, you know, like... What they call it, Father Death, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's 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 pretty interesting because this has become iconic for horror films and and for the horror genre. I would say because you can show that to people and people know what it is. They know the movie is from. They know it's like a horror thing, you know, um, so much so that it's been parodied, you know, in the scary movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, comedy movie. Um, you have uh, it, it's inspired a lot of fear, you know, with that. It's kind of up there, I would say, with, you know, like the, the hockey mask and the Michael Myers mask, you know. Absolutely. All that stuff. It, it's definitely become iconic. Yeah. Um, what's interesting about that is you, you have all these kids, all these teenagers, you know, running around with that mask. I remember, you know, Halloween would roll around after this movie. It was everywhere, right? And there was kind of a little bit of fucking terror that was on edge with that, right? Because you could buy it anywhere. Yeah, they uh, made they made they made it come true. Except that hopefully there was no serial killer that used it. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of fucked up that you know you have that being generated by it. It's like uh, I don't think that they thought initially like oh, this is going to be like a big merchandising tool, you know, like going forward. I mean, they might have been like, oh, like, you know, you can get the mask or whatever, but... No, I don't think it was like a uh, like a toy deal for Star Wars. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't like one of those things like, we're going to, oh, man, we're going to push this. I think they're just like, we want, like, because from the way it sounds like Wes is like, oh, that mask is fucking awesome. I want to use that mask. I think Dimension Films wanted it for the movie. And yeah. obviously the whatever toy mask company yeah. were, were probably Fun thinking world. like... Oh yeah, maybe we'll you know boost sales. Yeah, we'll boost sales for yeah. our mask, but because I think they en- ended up eventually collaborating on the future films and having like a slightly different version of it. I think yeah, the chin changes. Yeah, it gets like a little bit more line. pronounced and stuff, and it's just 
like holy shit dude that's a fucking gold mine though right there for whoever i don't know if if you know the if dimension gets a cut of that or if it's all goes the fun world or if it's whoever oh, it's decide- a split i'm sure yeah but like that's a fucking gold mine right there yep and you brought up i i forgot to talk about the the blonde bombshell that they mentioned in scream and the that character is is totally derived well one classical hollywood loves blonde women but but also from hitchcock yeah. And they mentioned Psycho, right? They referenced Psycho. And uh, it's funny that they found the mask in a house used by a Hitchcock film. Because Hitchcock's yeah. the guy who loved blondes, right? Every movie, every movie Hitchcock did, scary movie, had a, had a blonde leading lady. So he's kind of the guy who developed that horror convention. Is yeah. that, if it's a scary movie, you got to have a blonde, blonde uh, heroine. Yeah. Dude, I, I, I really dug this movie. I don't know about you guys. I oh, mean, it yeah. sounds like, I, I, again, I started watching it and I was like, oh man, this is cool. It was kind of nostalgia factor, you know? And then it got to a point where it kind of annoyed me a little bit. But like I said, they just kept on that track and I stuck with it and it turned into something a lot more disturbing than I remember. Because when I remember it was about a killer, it was about the killers. Now I'm watching it. It's not about the killers. It's about why they kill. You have the one that's like the classic you know, type of uh, motive, you know, with, with Billy and he's got Freudian issues and, you know, he's revenge killing or whatever. And then you have the scary one and that's Stu, the guy who's, because here's the thing. Yeah. We, we never actually learned Stu's motive, right? He doesn't have a motive and they just come right out and say it, you know, no motive. It's a millennium. You don't need a motive. Yeah. Just fucking do it. And that Billy needed a sidekick and he, manipulated Stu into yeah doing it with him yeah he's doing it just that's, for fun that's the yeah that's the underlying scary theme right yeah it's the pop culture and the teens and almost a little bit of technology too right yeah so i i really dug it man it it definitely like honest to god got under my skin like not from a like oh cool but like from like that's really disturbing point of view Cause it got me to look at, especially looking back at it now after all the things that have happened since then. And it's like, uh, I'm starting to try this. Is how I know I'm turning into an old man. Cause I'm like, <laughs> uh, the kids these Damn days kids. are scary. They're, they're, they, they don't need nothing. <laughs> they don't need nothing from nobody. It's a, it's a caution, cautionary tale of the internet. <laughs> don't trust children. I, I do want to touch on kind of the point you brought up earlier about how you didn't think that they had in mind to make a sequel. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Um, and this is just my own good whatever theory. But they talk about it in the movie about sequels all the time. Yeah, that's true. They're like, you they, gotta have a sequel. They always talk about like, like this is like blah blah blah. It's gonna ha- that would happen for the sequel. They got set it up for the sequel. Like, they may not have been like, oh, this is gonna be an awesome movie, and we we're already planning a sequel. But I think that they but, had in mind like we can or should make a sequel after this. Yeah, that's just my I, thought. No, you I see have Stu being like, like, oh yeah, like we we you know, we were left for dead, but we survive, and you know we're, we're we got to do a sequel, baby. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like they're so aware of the conventions and the, yeah. what happens normally with horror movies, right? One's a hit, and it spawns a bunch of sequels. So yeah, maybe they did have it in mind. I, I meant more like the Back to the Future thing. Like they didn't film two and three. It's you know like Back oh, to the Future. Yeah, they yeah. filmed two and three at the same time. Yeah. Right. I don't think they had the budget for one and two, you know, like, oh, oh let's spin yeah. off a franchise of yeah. 
But uh, yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. They're probably going along like we're making a horror movie. Horror movies commonly have sequels. Maybe they're like they purposely don't reveal the whole backstory between Sydney's parents and Billy's parents. And yeah, I don't think Stu's parents ever become a thing. No. I think Stu's just but, kind of forgotten after this. Well, one. and yeah. I think that's part of why Stu has no motive because there's no one there. Well, he has parents. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, but. You never see him in the movie. He's got his parents are out of town. He's just left to his own devices. Yeah. And what what was happening around that time is more and more that was the case. You know, both parents working or this or that. And you just have kind of essentially latchkey kids <laughs> were just running around doing their own thing. That happened a lot. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a big thing, right? When both parents work. Yeah. Exactly. And dude. That, it can make you susceptible to uh, peer pressure. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so this is a terrifying movie. <laughs> this is a terrifying movie, and um, yeah, it, it's great, dude. Like you said, it, it's almost like a horror bible for a lot of people. It's a great intro to horror, whether you do it and then watch the other horror classics, or you watch the horror classics and then culminate with this. I'd recommend that that way. Watch so, a bunch of horror movies because you won't be aware of the conventions that Scream will tell you. And then you'll be like, oh, yeah, I guess that does happen in every yeah. movie. So if you, if you want to get someone into this, you know, watch those movies. Watch the movies that were listed in this movie. Yeah, pretty much everything. watch this movie. Exactly right. Like, what they're referencing is what they're, they're pulling the stereotypes from. Yeah. Even the ones that they don't, like, reference directly. But if you, if you get some of the visual references or style mm-hmm. references, because I know, I don't think they, did they say The Shining? I don't think they did. Um, I think Billy does. I feel like they do mention it. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. But like mm-hmm. off, like just like in a list of things or something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere. Hey. Um, but yeah, man. Like check. You it could out. even you could even say this movie is so meta that West this movie was the, that Billy and Stu are killers because of Wes Craven's first movie, Freddy, and and the not his first movie, but or not the not yeah, his yeah. first. Well, maybe his first movie too, Last House on the Left. Yeah. But. Wes Craven was is part of the reason that the killers are influenced to kill. Because you know what I mean? The horror movies that he created. Yeah, which is super meta, right? Horror <sighs> movies he created is what's fueling the the killers and like then kind of motive or in the next not motive, movie style they're making the movie about what happened in the previous movie which re- oh man which it Where's does Grant Morrison? Yeah, Grant mind. Morrison to write this comic book. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of Inception, right? A bit uh, of an Inception. That's yeah. what I like about the sequels. Like, even though the sequels aren't as good as this one, I think that what was cool about them is that they they do have a lot of that like um, timeline. Where like, yeah, it's it's about like it's real stuff happening while they're trying to document or talk about what happened in the previous movie, kind of thing, mm-hmm. which is always kind of exciting and fun yeah well thank you guys for listening so far to, to this one you made it through here um i this thumbs up across the room here definitely you do, know do we uh change your mind at all evan are you still on the fence about whether or not this is uh west craven's best movie oh yeah you still oh. still lingering towards um i, I would say nightmare if yeah if we're looking at it from a movie standpoint like like quality movie quality I would say yes, this is the best movie he did. But I still feel like Freddy is a more iconic character in a creation mm. than the Scream Mask Ghostface. I, I would want to really watch his his other movies like 
like just again. sit down and like watch them all again and then like revisit this. But, but remember, he only did the first Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah, and then yeah. New Nightmare, but then I think, but it's I, still his creation. I think Nightmare on Elm Street or the character of Freddy Krueger is creepier. Obviously, Scream. Well, it's is, a different. It's a different level. It's yeah. like not the same level playing field. Like it's this is a human being where this is like a monster yeah. that infests your dreams. Like it's that's a lot scarier. Than nor- a, normally, a I'm creeped being. out by the human being stuff, but I think Freddy's creepy on a psychological level, yeah. right? Because yeah, of yeah. the sleep factor. Yeah, because it's just you can't escape them. Yeah, that's so. <laughs> yeah, um, well, thanks. For listening, as as always, you know, it's much, much appreciated. But before we let you go, we got to tell you what we're going to do next time. Uh, now, as we mentioned before, we're still kind of on a tentative uh, schedule because oh. there's a small child that might be birthed into this world any moment to become the new uh, the new spawn of, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. You say the bronze so, spawn, the bronze spawn, the bronze spawn. Hey, how, at what age are you going to let the bronze spawn watch horror movies? I was telling him that from the beginning, he should just watch horror movies with her, with her around because it's like start her off with the omen. He thinks <laughs> that he thinks that if she is, if she's surrounded by horror movies while she's an infant, that she will grow to be numb to them. She'll be desensitized, which is scary, though. <laughs> Very scary. That's what well, what creates I'm not people ta- that are numb to. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not talking. Events. I'm not talking about a well being a well adjusted person. I'm just gonna say she's not gonna be scared. Things that are in horror movies are not gonna be scary to her. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And then you'll be able to I keep watching won't do movies. That, so Evan Evan's gonna post up Rosemary's Baby in in the delivery room. Yeah. I tried to make Natalie watch that last night. Oh, bet no, she, don't do that. She would not do it. Good. Were you trying to induce Smart. labor? <laughs> no, I was yeah. just trying to get her freaked out about what the spawn that we were about to have. Yeah, that would do it. The trip. Yeah. yeah. So instead, we watched Adam's Family, <laughs> which, by the way, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cute. No, that movie sucks. <laughs> yeah, Adam's Family. I haven't seen it since I was a kid, uh, which might be a part of it. But that movie, rewatching it, is garbage adam's family values is where it comes together it does it is, it is better adam's yeah. family is it's a bad movie and it doesn't make sense but christina no. ricci's in it yeah she's hot yeah. yeah adam's family values is well put together but yeah, the, yeah. i think the first two right adam's family values is the second one. Oh, it is okay yeah. so, so then it's like there's a third one that gets a little there's a cheesy. third one that doesn't have the same cast it was yeah. like adam's family reunion and it only uh, has fester or something no what's his name Lane? um curry tim curry plays gomez and, That's right. Really? Yeah. Huh. And Daryl Hannah plays um, Morticia. 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 I looked it up last night. Yeah. It looks garbage, like garbage. The yeah. only person that's reoccurring is the Chris- guy who plays Lurch. Oh, I thought it was Christopher Lloyd. No, oh, okay. I don't think so. Wow. Um, but go ahead. So, yeah, so we're still so we're still <laughs> on call. Yeah. Uh, for the next one with that, but we decided should everything go according to plan, maybe. It's cutting it really close. Yeah. But we're, we're going to throw it out there because if it all comes into play, then it all comes into play. Basically, my... You, you might be recording your child... You might be recording with your child in your arms. True. So basically... <laughs> I can bring the rig is, to your place. My kid is supposed to be born on the day before Halloween. Yeah. But we still want to record or have a have an episode up on Halloween. Yeah. We want so. to do Halloween on Halloween. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Holding, Hall- holding our Halloweens. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Mine's not hollow. Ha- uh. <laughs> Halloween on Halloween is the plan. Like I said, I can get this rig mobile as we used to and, and take it to your place if need be, if that's a thing that's possible. Uh, if, uh, I don't know, if, the, if there's some way that these sound waves can reach out into the universe and, and maybe your child can hold on for one more day. I don't know, but that'd be great. I I really want to make it happen because this is probably my favorite horror movie. You know what would be so. gnarly? What if we're like recording and like right when we're done, like like Natalie just busts in. It's like I'm having the baby. Either way, no matter what, that's how it should end. That okay. way, people won't know for real or okay. not. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> Whether or, you or just, not, or you just hear a child scream like right when that comes out of the womb. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> great. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. The plan is Halloween on Halloween. If not, then it might be a delayed Halloween, but I think we'll do Halloween next regardless. Well, I think regardless, it should be up no matter what, because you guys can still record without me. But it's your favorite movie. I know. We'll just, we'll just play a rerun. You guys just phone me in. We'll just rerun it. Yeah. yeah, Skype you in. We'll just go to the hospital. We'll use the mobile recording. <laughs> or you can EVP just like record you. it and then like I'll listen to it and then record my stuff on a voice recorder. We'll just leave pauses. We'll just leave pauses. Yeah. Little little uh, no. um, looping, right? Better. Yeah, we'll be all right. Better. You record ADR. something. We can just Skype it from the hospital room. Yeah, there yeah. you go. You just record something without listening to us. Just like come up with shit and space it out the way that you want to space it out. And we won't listen to it. We'll do our own show. And then I'll just combine it on the final track without listening to it. And hopefully it matches up. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like literally repeating like, everything. We I like ADRing them in afterwards, just yeah. like they do in the movies. Yeah. 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 Just kind of like whatever. All right. Well, thanks guys. And as always, we like to end on a killer line. I think there's one killer line on this one. And that is, um, what's your favorite scary movie? This has been a production of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. Exclusively at stuffandthingsnetwork.com.